beautiful. Lord Jesus, good morning. Thank you for this beautiful Wednesday morning as I'm watching the sun rise. It is gorgeous. And so thank you for that prompting of the sun coming up and for us to, again, take a deep, deep breath and forget about all the stuff that we got to do today and help us mm -hmm. just really lean in, focus on you this morning. I thank you for Dakota, for his leadership and uh, with this tribe and in his community. And I just ask you to bless him. And uh, I just ask for your Holy Spirit to speak uh, very clearly through him this morning, uh, whether people are listening right now live or listen later, that the words would be um, honoring to you, Lord, encouraging and equipping to us, Jesus. So we love you and we thank you. Amen. Dakota Beerman, my son. Good morning. My oldest Good son. Good morning. Leading again. Yes. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to say a prayer as well, and then I'll jump into it. Yeah. Sound good? Yep. Sweet. Father, I ask that, um, I just ask that you would come and you would help me to communicate this message, this little 15-minute message this morning. Please help me to keep it concise. And um, I ask that these different things that I'll be talking about, that you would help them speak to the guys this morning, guys and gals, whoever is listening to this call or this recording speak to them through it in jesus name amen amen thank you so yeah so you know i'm trying to figure out what i wanted to talk about um i had a story come to mind immediately and so i'm gonna i've added a little bit to it and so i kind of want to go to the way i'm going to work through this but the it starts with a word or a phrase and have you ever had you guys have probably all had that, had an experience where a word or a phrase, whether an encouragement or something out of a book that you read, kind of sticks with you, right? Like you hear it and it kind of impacts you in a certain way that care, like kind of stays with you for weeks, months, years, whatever. Well, the first time I heard this particular word that I'm going to talk to you about this morning is I was sleeping in the bottom bunk of a bunk bed and uh, there's two things when you're on the bottom bunk of a bunk bed that you're thinking about number one is i hope the person above me doesn't fall through and kill me <laughs> and number two is the slats that hold that support the upper bunk yeah usually there's you know some some interesting writing or pictures or whatnot under there and the first time i heard this phrase was actually, or the first time I read it was on one of the slats, and it was this phrase, Ruach of Elohim, Ruach of Elohim, it's Hebrew, and it means, um, it's, what it's saying is the Ruach of Elohim is the name of God, and this word Ruach is really interesting, the Hebrew can be kind of fun to study in this way that it has, it's one word, but it has multiple meanings, so this one word is used interchangeably throughout scripture but it has these four meanings mind spirit breath and wind i'm going to talk about or you're going to see these three particular words show up in the story that i'm about to tell which is the spirit breath and wind but it's really interesting how this word has multiple meanings all right so i hear this word i hear these meanings but then they're all wrapped up years later when i hear this story i was working with a guy named Mitchell and 
Mitchell told me the story of when he was, he's a Christian guy. He's telling me when he worked at this um, Christian like summer camp called the Forge, and it was like all guys. So kind of neat. The Forge is kind of a tough, cool name. Like you go in a boy, you come out a man kind of deal or whatever. And he's, he's one of the camp. He's one of the leaders at this camp. And so the way that this worked is he would have a group of men or boys and he would, you know, he'd live with them, he'd teach them and whatnot at this camp for a number of weeks. And while he had these, these kids with him, he was trying to think of ways in which to teach them a spiritual lesson. Hmm. He's trying to come up with some creative ways to teach these kids a lesson, a spiritual lesson. And what he did is this was out in Texas. I would imagine there's a number of different farms around where this camp was. But what he did is he went to one of these farms and he talked to the farmer and he, or whoever this guy, this landowner was. And he said, I want to cut down one of your trees. And the guy, I don't know how the guy responded, but kind of funny somebody coming up and saying, Hey, I want to cut down one of your trees. But he told the guy, he said, I want to, I want to teach these kids a lesson and the way in which I'm going to, teach them a lesson is by cutting down a tree can i use what can i have one of your trees cut down the guy says sure you know it's fine here's the tree mitchell gets these kids together and he takes them out to this tree to start cutting this thing down here was the lesson he said to these kids what i want you to do is i want you to imagine that this tree is like sin in your life mm. i want you to imagine like this tree is like sin in your life and we're going to start cutting this thing down. We're going to cut sin, you know, same way that sin is cut out of your life. We're going to cut this tree down. So they start cutting this tree, you know, each, I don't know, six, seven kids, each getting a turn, swinging at the tree for a minute or two, kind of doing this for a while. Now they were on a time crunch because this particular day, somebody was coming to visit the camp that was important that they had to go, have lunch with and hear speak and that sort of thing. So sure enough, they're cutting down this tree. They're, they're involved in this little spiritual lesson and they run out of time. They've got to go to, to lunch. They got to go hear this guy speak. So the Mitchell says, don't worry, we'll come back. We'll finish it. Fine. Packs them up into the car. They head to, um, they head to hear this guy speak at lunch. They come back to the tree that they were cutting down and to their dismay, the tree had fallen over. All right. Here's why this sucks. All right. Because these kids had been spending a ton of time cutting at this tree, waiting for this climactic moment when the tree would be brought down by their hands and by their strength. Sure enough, the tree had fallen over. So they're all bummed. Right, the kids get back in the car. Mitchell gets back in the car. They're bummed, and um, they start driving away from the farm back to the back to the camp. And then Mitchell realizes he is in the middle of an incredible spiritual lesson. He pulls the car over. He turns around. He looks the kids in the face, and he says, "Ruach." <laughs> and if, when I first heard this story, you're probably thinking, "Like, what the heck?" And these kids are probably thinking, "Like, what are you?" saying you sound like a crazy person and he says ruach and then he begins to explain those three elements of this word number one the spirit right he's telling the kids he said what even gave us the motivation 
to come and learn about eliminating sin from your life. Like, where does that come from? I don't know anybody who's just like, you know, I just really want to deal with my sin. That's, you know, I'm going to, I think that has to be inspired by God. And so one way in which he's teaching these kids is that comes from God, the desire to even deal with sin in your life. And then the next piece is breath. This next element of this word breath. What gave you kids, what gives us an energy to even go after and even cut down at this tree, the breath, the oxygen, the air in your lungs gave them the energy to even even do this. Yeah. And lastly, the last element, the wind, what ultimately took down the tree? When we ran out of time, when our strength wasn't enough, what took that tree down? Mm-hmm. The wind. Mm-hmm. And so we see these three elements at play in this really cool spiritual lesson. Now, I want to take that and to continue that, I want to show you a few things from the New Testament, because I think the New Testament, I'm talking about the spirit of God, right? And I want to show you from the New Testament that the New Testament elaborates on this reality of the spirit of God at work in our lives. And so I'm not going to read these scriptures because I don't frankly have the time, but I'm going to give them to you and generally tell you what they're talking about so that you can read them. The first one is in Galatians chapter 5, and in Galatians chapter 5, what we see is is one of the things that the Spirit of God does in our lives is actually delivers us of specific sin and then gives us life in the Spirit. And he's describing specific sins that many of us probably have encountered, right? Anger, envy, selfish ambition, these types of things. And he says that you find life by the spirit of God. He's talking about our character and he gives us words to describe life, the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And so we see one of the initial things that the spirit of God does is actually delivers us of sin, gives us life, gives us fruit of the spirit. Another aspect of the way in which we see the spirit of God interacting in our lives is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where we actually see that we are given specific gifts Hmm. by the Spirit for the sake of building one another up, things such as encouragement. Mm -hmm. And the last example from the scriptures that you can look at is Acts chapter 2, where Peter, after being filled with the Spirit, actually proclaims the gospel to thousands of people. And this is the same Peter that weeks earlier denied Jesus. He, when Jesus was about to die, people said to Peter, I saw you with him, and he denies Jesus. And so what we see in Peter's life is this really obvious transformation after he was filled with God's Spirit. So the main point that I want to point out in some of these stories is that God intends to change us. I think sometimes we can have some interesting ideas about how God is going to interact with us through his Spirit. We may think that his spirit is going to make us successful or happy or something like that. But what we really see in scripture is God's spirit has specific intentions in our lives. He actually intends to change us. And so from these scriptures, as you go through them, are you seeing this kind of change in your life? Are you seeing sin dealt with? Are you seeing fruit of the spirit? Are you experiencing the gifts of the spirit in your life? Are you seeing this, change that peter also experienced so that's 
one major point to pull from this. And I want to finish with a shorter story that I actually heard yesterday, last night. And I heard it and I thought, oh my gosh, this is perfect. This is this fits right in. It's the story of a guy named Polycarp. And Polycarp was a church leader, leader of the church of Smyrna. If you read, I think, Revelation 2 or 3, you can actually hear Jesus speaks to the church of Smyrna. And this guy, Polycarp, was actually one of the leaders of this church in like, you know, 100, like 150 AD, something like that. So not too long, you know, 100 years, 100 and some change years after Jesus had been um, resurrected. And this guy, Polycarp, was leading the church when there was a lot of persecution happening in the church in Rome, in the Roman Empire at the time. And one of the things, as many of you guys have probably seen the movie Gladiator, one of the things that the Romans would do is they'd host these games in an arena, and um, it was a source of entertainment to actually, you know, kill people in this arena. And one of the things that uh, happened is Polycarp was actually um, one of the ways in which he was persecuted, or the final way in which he was persecuted, is the, this, these people called for Polycarp to be killed, right? The Christians have a bad reputation. There's persecution happening. They called for Polycarp to be killed. Polycarp is like 90 years old at this time. And he is brought into the arena. And uh, one of, whoever, one of the leaders there says, like, just announce Jesus. Just announce him, yeah. and we'll let you go. And Polycarp famously says that this is a true story. This is a written account that you can look into and read for yourself. But he says famously, um, I've followed Jesus faithfully for 80 years. He's done me no wrong. How could I deny him today? Mm. And so they kill him. And the way that they killed him is they burned him to death. And the way in which they would do this is they would actually nail your hands to a stake, burn you. They did it in front of an audience. Wow. And the miraculous thing, this miraculous thing happened. And it's so miraculous that um, this account got famous, which is after he was killed, this amazing gust of wind swept through the arena and the fl- it actually, all the flames were put out in front of everybody. Wow. And you can see, just to finish, you can see these three as- aspects, these three elements of this word ruach at work. It was the spirit of God who began to change Polycarp. It was the breath, right? The life that came from God that allowed him to serve God faithfully for as long as he did. And finally, when he was dead, when all of his everything was gone from him. It was this wind that came through and gave the final glory to this man's life. And so similarly for us, God intends to change us. He gives us life to deal with sin, to be changed by his spirit. And ultimately it's for him to receive glory through our lives. So that's good. That concludes. Yeah. How do you spell Ruach? Ruach is spelled R-U-W-A-C-H. Got it. Great word. Yep. Convicting. 
Thank you for that. Challenging, yeah. Uh, no doubt. No, no doubt. That's good, Dakota. Appreciate you. Love you. And uh, pray us into the rest of our Wednesday, please. Sounds good. Yeah, Father, I thank you for how you intend to change us, how you um, send your spirit into the world to to change people. And I ask that you would help those who would listen to this to um, read the scriptures, to see it from, from your word, the specifics uh, of what you intend to do, how you intend to change us. And Father, I ask that you would help us to really come to you with these things, if there's an area of life where we're particularly challenged in this teaching or encouraged. I just ask that you would draw people to yourself from this and that you would speak um, clearly and that you would lead people kind of to you and that you would impact people uh, by your spirit because of this in Jesus name. Amen. And love you, Dakota. Love you guys. Have a fantastic Wednesday. All right. Love you. See ya.